You're listening to a podcast produced by Kayama Community Radio. Good afternoon. If you've just joined me on this beautiful spring day, I'm Carol Goddard. You're listening to the program Travel, Books and Life. And I'm super excited to tell you that my special guest on the program today, Kieran McKnight, local chef and owner of our gorgeous restaurant Wild Ginger right here in Kiama, has just arrived in the studio. Welcome, Kieran. Good afternoon, Carol. Thanks for having me. Oh, I love it. Now, Kieran, let's start right at the beginning. Where sure. were you born and raised? Okay, so 1973, mm-hmm. uh, I was born in the Women's Hospital in Paddington, in oh, Sydney. As so. was I, oh, but good. not in the same year, unfortunately. Go on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so born, raised around Maroubra right. at a younger age, yeah. uh, and basically then moved up to Coffs Harbour. When I was about 14 years old. Right. And my father um, was raising myself, my elder sister, so a single parent. Right. He thought it was a good time to get out of Sydney. And uh, took us to Coffs. So did my last few years of schooling up there. Bit difficult going from Maroubra to Coffs, but I'm sure you coped. (laughs) Oh, we've always had a great connection with uh, back the family, back in Maroubra. So I'm always there. I was just on the phone before, actually, one of my cousins is going to pop down tomorrow. That's gorgeous. And your education, so that was up in Coffs Harbour. Yeah, I, I did the last year. Uh, sorry, last year in primary in at Maroubra, right. and then yeah, started my year seven in Coffs Harbour Jetty High School, mm-hmm. and I left in year ten. Right. I didn't really have that much inclination to go on to year twelve. Uh-huh. But my dad was a strong advocate that if I wasn't going to go to school, I had to get a job. Well, that sounds very familiar. That's exactly what happened in our family as well. More so as a parent for me, because I was one of those kids that sort of thought, oh, what else will I do? I'll go to uni. So that's what I did, but different times. Now, as a child, any inclination towards cooking at all? I was trying to think about this last night. I have been asked this question many times over the years. Yeah. I will be totally honest, I had no real idea about cooking or the industry. I actually started as a plumber. Oh, so good. I've had a bit of a, <laughs> a career change or forced upon me. Uh, I was yeah. probably 16, I did about a year, right. um, which I enjoyed the labour and all that sort of hard work out, outside. Um, just about a year went past and it wasn't overly falling into place with my boss at the time. Mm. Um, got retrenched back in the day and... My father was fine with that. He goes, mate, well, you know, you don't have to always follow the same path always. And that's a big learning curve. Oh, for sure. So I was in between sort of uh, ideas. And then I must admit a good buddy of mine who lives in Greece for the last 20 years, oh. Damien, he, uh, he, he was coming out of an apprenticeship at this restaurant in, down the Jetty Strip. And he just sort of said, mate, why don't you um, start a chefing um, apprenticeship with these people? They're lovely. It was oh. only a small little restaurant. Yeah. Um, I loved the hours back then, thinking, all right, we don't start work till two in the afternoon, <laughs> surf all day. Yeah. Um, you know, it didn't really overly fuss me, phase me about the, the weekend work. Yeah. Um, obviously, it took its toll years yeah, later. Yeah, of course. But, uh, yeah, that's where I started, and I was indentured to it like the New South Wales apprenticeship scheme. Oh, so it was actually quite good. I'm going to ask you about that shortly. So now tell me something. What did you eat when you were growing up? Three veg and meat, like a lot of other people, or more exotic stuff? I had best of both worlds to a certain degree. Dad, uh, you know, he tried his hardest. Uh, <laughs> Love the man dearly. He's still with us. Yeah. Um, raising two young, raising two young children. Um, it's very hard. And a lot of uh, we were always into a lot of exercise and swimming and surfing. So we were pretty healthy appetites. Oh. But Dad was uh, really, 
yeah, not the most exotic cook in the world. <laughs> and he sort of, uh, yeah, he'd, he'd feed us really well. We'd eat yeah. meat, three veg, four or five nights a week. Friday was always uh, get your own day. <laughs> yes, that's um, that's but great. the other nights of the week, um, to his credit, he'd always have some sort of nice dish on the table. Oh, that's good. But he used yeah. to put the peas on when he put the lamb oh. in the oven, so he'd wonder why they went brown, you know? <laughs> so, but we are we're quite healthy. Yeah. Now, in your career, so you told us about Damien, and thank you, Damien, wherever you are, even in Greece, you can listen to KCR in Greece, you know, on, oh. our, on our app, on our phone app, but that's another point entirely. Um, did he inspire you or did the people that you were working with? Who Was there any one person that inspired you? No, I think the first year was definitely just to uh, get a foot in the door, yeah. sort of see what happened. The biggest learning curve then was going to TAFE. Yeah, I was going to ask, when. what year did you, like how old were you when you started? To so I was 17 when I started my official apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did block release because the TAFE wasn't in uh, Kosaba, so if you know the area. Port Macquarie is about two hours south. Oh, wow. So my technical college would be down there, block release. Mm-hmm. And back then it was a bit of fun. You sort of went away for a week and, oh. you know, shared a unit with the, the crew that you went to school, uh, technical college with. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I seemed to take a liking to it straight away. Oh, that's um, terrific. I was pretty – I liked the structure of it. Yeah. I really didn't mind the whole, you know, got to be on time. Yeah. And – Cleanliness, which is I don't know where they come from because I wasn't the cleanest of kids. Well, it's a, it's a discipline, isn't it? And you've got it's to, a big discipline yeah. that I probably put up on top of my list. Yes, if anyone oh. asks me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we have all heard uh, us laymen about the horror stories about mistreatment of apprentices. So, how was your experience? What was your experience like? Well, I had it pretty good, but we definitely after my second second year, I moved to Nelson's Bay. At, yeah. uh, I went to a place called the Anchorage, Port Stephens. Oh, I've stayed there, which is a lovely resort. Great. And that was back in the day when it was the first or second year open, so they got prestigious awards. Oh, wonderful! And now looking back at it, it was a great experience because I lived on the same beach, Salamander Bay, mm. 18, 19 year olds you know go diving in the morning before oh, work yeah and the best thing about that boutique resort was um brigade was only say 10 13 people and you got to see every section so over every three months you might get put in pastry or yep. you might do breakfast or cold larder and so after two years i really got an idea of how the brigade works that's, that's a fantastic apprenticeship yeah. so you obviously didn't have any horrible incidents um my head chef at the time his name was uh he's an american dude uh randall sinclair he was a bit of a character uh, <laughs> i could spit the dummy but uh <laughs> look i didn't have any dramas there um i've, I've always been on time i always yeah. do my work and yeah. i think that goes look you get yelled at every now and then that was that stage i've got a few stories but uh but uh, after the two years of being there, I thought I worked with a couple of good chefs, and they were definitely uh, had a lot of experience. And they always said you've got to get to Sydney. So I ended up moving to Manly oh, when I was right. about twenty, I think it would be. Um, it was good timing because we had buddies moving there as well, mm. and you know, obviously, it's good to be around people that you want to be around. Absolutely. And I worked for they put me onto them, and um, I went and worked for Mark Armstrong in North Sydney. Right. And Mark Armstrong was, uh, you know, he had his own sort of accolades. and he, So it was a two-hat restaurant. Um, so for two years wow, I was there. Wow, so you, you've only started as a 17-year-old, and by the time you're 20, you're in a two-hatted restaurant. Yeah. That's pretty good. So the restaurant thing was, I, I started learning more about the whole guides, and yeah. which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, because <laughs> I've lived my life around the whole setup since. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So, yeah, going to work to Sydney was probably the key of then really seeing the 
the stresses. Yes. And, yeah. you know, the good times and the bad times. But you're in a, in a good place at that stage because you're only a 20-year-old. So you're still yeah. a baby, really. At 100%. the start of your career. Any one funny story you can tell me about that time? Uh, those years then were pretty structured. Uh, yeah. We worked hard. Uh, we did have a few beers after work every now and then. Uh, <laughs> no, you no. didn't. But, uh, I, I also was still getting into swimming a fair bit, so I would uh, train a fair bit. Oh, that's good. And I was trying to do the whole swimming career, but that was never going to work. <laughs> but uh, it was more the, from my own body. Yes. Um, yeah. Obviously, being around the beach and swimming, I sort of tried to get back into it when I was chefing, and I was just, it was very hard hand-in-hand, hand, waking up oh. early and then working late nights. Absolutely. So that's my excuse. That's yeah. why I didn't um, <laughs> make any... I did come third in Australia once. Oh, my goodness. Chris Feidler beat me, Australian oh captain, and his brother, bugger. That, that is uh, That's the best I ever did, but that's yeah. my accolade, and well, that's it. I didn't shit. really move on to anything else, so I can't talk about it too much. And, listeners, I have to tell you that Kieran did arrive here after having been up at the Leisure Centre today, and, uh, yes, he's very in a very relaxed frame of mind hopefully there won't be any snoring now we're going to have some music and we'll get back talking about your traveling cool get the kcr app just search kiama community radio in the google play store or the apple store and carry kcr around in your pocket now we've heard that kieran moved from uh, from Maroubra to Coffs, from Coffs to Nelson's Bay, from Nelson's Bay to Manly. And I was just about to ask about your travelling life, but you've done a lot already by this stage. What about travelling overseas? When did you start? Yeah, well, back when I was 18, a good buddy of mine to this day, uh, he was doing teaching at university, uh, Craig. So Craig and I had this big master plan that we'll go travelling once we both got our uh, trades under our belt. Yeah. Uh, we left it for one year because we needed to make some money because we had big plans. <laughs> and so, look, we, we bought ourselves a world ticket. Um, oh, my goodness. We had about a six-month countdown. I think we didn't sleep a wink any nights. <laughs> had all these big plans of getting, you know, big big party on the plane. But it went all a bit different to that. We got all humble and shy, I think. And then our first stop was LA. Oh, right. And uh, back when I was 22, and that's how it all started. And so for the next three months, we travelled across America, drove uh, most of the way. Uh, up to Canada as well. Uh, did a lot of snowboarding. Oh, fabulous. Um, surfed all throughout uh, the California region. Yep. And then ended up over in New York. Uh, a good buddy of my cousin's actually worked on the, on the um, Wall Street there, so we got looked oh, after. Wow. And while he was off at work, we'd try his suits on and, you know, <laughs> he's quite rich sort of guy. This is the stuff of a movie. You've got to yeah, write a book. I do often think that. Oh, wow. I, won't, I haven't told you half the truth. But uh, <laughs> no, so then we ended up in, uh, we went to England after about the two months in America. Yeah. And Craig parted ways. He went back to Australia to uh, start his teaching career. And I travelled throughout, that was my first stint around the Europe side of things. Spent a lot of time in Czech Republic, mainly. Tro- wow. Borderline chasing the budget sort of countries back then. Yes, yeah, of course. And I was on a four-month... Uh, I always knew I was coming back to Australia. And then I went through... I finished off my trip down uh, surfing around South Africa. So um, how long in total were you away? Just that time was four months. Four months. And then because right. I had... I, I come back to Australia, went and I was working with Ben Long at the Opera House. Right. I've been there too. So I was there for about oh, nine months as a junior sous chef. We went there when Guillaume owned it. Well, so that was quite a few years back. Yeah, it was after, because I actually, after Ben Long back then, which was probably about 95, 
I went to work at Bilson's where Guillaume was the head chef there. Oh, okay. So that's exactly where my inclination of chefing around the world started because I worked for uh, the senior sous chef at the time who moved on to better things. His name's James Misselin. Right. And he, uh, he's owned many restaurants in Canberra. Oh. And uh, he's, a, he's the guy that told me about this Marco Pierre White. Oh, and so they're great, Marco Pierre so, White. So, yeah, James spent four years with him and he sort of got in my ear and said, mate, you know, you've got to get over to England and do it properly. Um, so really behind Guillaume's back, I hope he's not listening. And, uh, <laughs> he did persuade me. So I got my two-year visa. So I hit the road oh. and I flew over to uh, England. I had a walk-up start job, so it, which is great. You've had, so far, the dream career. Oh, it's yeah. unbelievable. It's yes and no. It's like anything. It, you make what the most of it. Yeah, but, uh, true. I did have some good help and mm. I had some good start startups. Mm. So I didn't have to worry about the process of going looking for a job. Yes. But um, I, I was highly recommended to go there. That is wonderful. And, and, and you were, what, 24 at this stage? this stage, I'm about 23, 20, about 24. Yep. And so I spent the two years in England. So in a nutshell, I was with Marco at the Criterion and at the Canteen, which was owned by Michael Caine, the actor. Um, so I was there for about 12 months, but after 12 months, which I'm pr- proud to say I never got fired. Yeah. And trust me, when we're talking about the, um, the dramas of the kitchens, oh, I, yeah. I don't think there was a day that went by that someone didn't get sacked in the middle of service. I have, I have read, read so much about this, and I also have personal knowledge of this because, as I keep telling people, one of my children is a chef, uh, yeah. and um, it's not easy. It is definitely not easy. No. Boy, you could definitely write a book. Well, we, yeah, when you're starting work at 7 in the morning, and, uh, you, you don't leave the building till midnight, mm. and then you throw in a good hour commute. Mm. I've had a few breakdowns. Oh, right, golly. Especially oh. when you get home and the hot water system's not working, you're sitting in a cold <laughs> bath. And I think that was when I had my, had my first mental breakdown. Your first, your first you look at the clock and you've got to be back at work at 5, you know, oh. leave for work at 5.30. But uh, like I said, I didn't get sacked. And then I went on to work for uh, Richie Corrigan, open up Lindsay House. Which oh, is a, right. quite a famous uh, yep. Irish chef. Yes. And then I did get uh, a little bit over the whole cooking side of things and not really enjoying London. Mm. And my cousins were over there too, and they were just having a great blast. And they went, "Geez, you work hard." Yeah. And they were making good money. And I, you know, there's not that much money in that, that, those days. That's right. So I went and um, waited at the Harvey Nichols uh, fifth floor <gasps> restaurant. So that's my career has been about 30% waitering, uh, 70%. Yes. And that was great because I spent the last nine months enjoying London. Ah, uh, but that Harvey Nichols, what a great place. I've, I've, I've been there I met some amazing well. people there. I think there's an oyster bar there, isn't there? Or, or am I imagining it's, that? It's been a long time. Yeah. Um, but the fifth floor was very elegant, yes. very rock star status. Yeah. And I did have a good job there in a sense, so, which I earned and on the floor. Being a chef, I got along with the kitchen as well, which yeah. was a bonus. Yes. But just the managers took a liking. And, you know, once again, if you do your work, you should get accolades, you know. That's right. And but I it doesn't a, often follow through, or it hasn't, but things are changing. Like uh, and, you know, the good thing about over there, because the French don't like the English and the English don't like the French, I was always <laughs> the goody-goody. <laughs> I was friends with both worlds. So That's good. Well, that's how you've got to, how you've got to work. And I think so. So what would be your favourite place at this stage, the favourite place uh, that you've travelled? Uh, Travelling-wise yeah. at that stage? Oh, it's a hard one. I think I mm. did the whole... I've got better memories of travelling later mm. in life and really, really well, we'll soaking save, it up. We'll save that till later then. We'll save that question. What about a least favourite? Anywhere that you've been and you thought, oh. oh I probably get... I shouldn't say it, but I, I thought America... I, even though I've been there three or four times. Mm. 
Mm. I must admit, it's a little bit different. Mm. Uh, it's not my cup of tea. Oh, right. Okay, well, with the that, food we... isn't the greatest. Oh, tell me about it. I remember ordering a slice of pizza once in the Beverly Centre for my, at that stage, probably eight-year-old son, yeah. uh, and it was like a tablecloth. It was massive, yeah. and it just oozed Piece and of pie. dripped. Yeah, it was terrible. Oof, no, I don't like American cuisine either. On that note, we'll go to some music. <laughs> Radio KCR From Minamara to Jamboree to Jaroa Now, Kieran, you've talked about quite a few of the chefs and quite a few very famous chefs. Has any one chef influenced you? Any one that you could name? Uh, look, obviously the Mark E.P. White scenario was extremely high. Oh, sure. Um, but look, he was never there. It was back in the day when he, he was he was a rock star. Yeah. He was on yeah. the, you know, floating on the stock market and yep. had the the hat and the, the trench coat on <laughs> in the media, you know. So I would never say I worked. I, I think I saw him four times over the whole, whole it's time. It's amazing, isn't so it? So my head chef was Peter Raphael, mm-hmm. and I really had a good uh, understanding with him. He was hard, but he was, he was, he was fair. Yeah. So he was great. Down the track, when I get to the David side of things, David Thompson, I'd have to say he was a massive input in my knowledge of the the Thai cuisine. Yes. Now, now, can you, Kieran, for the listeners who don't know that name, can you explain David Thompson? I know him because of um, Rick Stein, who he was on with Rick Stein a lot. Yeah. Well, David David is uh, an Australian uh, man who spent a lot of time in Thailand himself. Um, He married a, a, a Thai man, and he used to work for the king. Back in the nineties, but uh, look, my memory's gone a little bit haywire as well. But he was—he brought Thai food to Australia in the sense of the yes. trend Thai food, yep. not your typical down the street Thai food, which is beautiful. But mm. he brought the the exoticness to the mm. to the country of Australia, yeah. and he deserves accolades. Like he's had them anyway. He's had Michelin stars around the world, yes. and he still has restaurants to this minute. Um, so yeah, he was just a unique character. So in the late nineties, when I did come back from England. Uh, that was my next stage. After I, prior to that, I actually went to Thailand. I, I rode a motorcycle from Bangkok to Chiang Mai and spent about six weeks travelling around Thailand. When so I'm about 26 years old now. Yes. Um, yeah, having a great time yeah. and a good country to visit as oh, well. Oh, it is, and, and it's nice and cheap. Oh, it was great for the bar, especially you know coming from the pound. Yes. So you know, traveling is expensive, but I've never really held back. I've always enjoyed myself. Yeah, yeah. So I think I come back to Australia thinking about the Thai side of things. Yes. But because uh, my background was contemporary Australian, if not French input. But um, so yeah, I, I I did chase him. So when I got back to Australia, I was living in Potts Point with my soon-to-be wife, and um, we had a little unit. So he had a restaurant called Darley Street Thai. Right. And Sailor's Thai, which is down the rocks. Mm. So both of them, two, two hat restaurants. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to go knock on the door and see if I can do there. But I, did, I wasn't in the kitchen there. I was actually on the floor. Oh, um, right. Which was, once again, it was a good gig because I could sniff around and see how things were going yes, on. yeah. It was a good establishment. They didn't um, ask for blood. They knew that if you wanted to work there, you would get... Uh, you know, good tips, well, for example, yes. back in the day. Yep. And so the waitering side thing was a good lo- uh, lifestyle for myself at the time too. Uh, and I met the boys in the kitchen who I, to this day, are still friends with. So, yeah, that's the reason why I went and chased him. But I, I didn't honestly know that I was going to open a Thai restaurant, what, 10, 11, 12 years later. Oh, amazing. So when did you first go out on your own? Okay, good question. Um, it all started in 2000. Right. My, um, we got married, my ex-wife and I. We got married in Blaney, a little town called Blaney, outside of Orange. Blaney, yes. 
So yeah, we are. We, we both decided to get out of the city and um, move west and be around the family, mm. which predominantly lives around Blaney and Orange. And it was great because, you know, uh, I did want to do my own thing. Uh, I did say, let's do it in a three to five year um, stint. I, I did want to get back to the ocean and, yep. you know, her name's Cathy. So Cathy said, yeah, she, she, she agreed. So we started, uh, I had the opportunity to lease a building out there. So my first restaurant was around the 2001 mark, and it was only for a couple of years because I think we moved to Jervis Bay in 2003. So oh, it was a three-year stint out in Orange, and we had our first child, uh, Chelsea. Oh. Uh, so she's my 22-year-old. There you go. Who lives in Newcastle. Yeah. Who's coming down tonight, actually. Oh, nice. And so, yeah, so it was a good little, it was a good stint for us. Uh, I didn't have much uh, behind me in a sense of financial mm. sort of uh, helps, and that didn't worry me, but I did get given the opportunity, so that... It was a stepping stone. So our first restaurant was called Kieran's because I'm very arrogant. That's unusual. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how that happened, but anyway, it happened. And there's some beautiful restaurants out in Orange. Like you had Michael yeah. Manners with Selkirk's, yes. uh, Lolly Rudini. You know, the list is that long. And over that three-year period, I, I, I did um, go out of my way to learn a bit of viticulture. And I, and I went out to a beautiful vineyard yes. called Brangane. So if anyone's out in the Orange region, it's stunning. I haven't seen it for many years, but I still have fond memories. Yeah, I have fond memories of Mortimer's. I've Mortimus. been there a few times. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. Look, Orange has gone to the next level. Yeah. I'd like to think I was part of it back then. But yes. uh, uh, we uh, we had our good stint out there, bought a house, and uh, good stepping stones. So when the opportunity was to move back to the coast, that's the next stage of my life, and right. that's when... Um, we decided to move to Jervis Bay. Huskerson. There you go. Now, my very next question, I tell you, you must be able to see this. Tell us about your life and career in Huskerson. Okay. So my good friend of mine, Nathan, he uh, was really interested in doing something with myself. We always talked about it over a few years at night. Yeah. We worked together for, for a few stints throughout our career. He's like a brother to me. And um, he basically said, well, would you like to move some, uh, do a restaurant together? And I said, well, I'm not going to move back to Sydney and I'm looking at the South Coast. And funny enough, he was dating a lady uh, who he didn't, he's still married to this day uh, from Vincentia. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And it was just a small world. So it was in the stars. It was in the stars. We almost ended up in Barrel, which yeah. is, we got family well, connections up didn't. there. I'm glad and you didn't. And we almost uh, got ourselves involved with the building up there in Mittagong, actually. Right. And then we were negotiating with this building down at uh, uh, Huskisson back in 2003, and it just didn't look like it was going to get across the line. Mm. So we would be going there, staying at the house, the family house, beautiful family, um, and then driving off to all different directions looking for that perfect venue. Yes. But theoretically, we were like, we really want Huskisson. Yeah. And then we're sitting in Barrel, uh, I think we're at the... At a, at a tab having a bet and a beer and sort of <laughs> sort of thinking, well, this is it. We are going to do barrel. Yep. No offence to barrel, of course. No. But, yeah, like you say, the door's open and we got the phone call saying they accepted our offer. Oh. And we said, all right, let's pack the bags. Let's get a uh, husky. So both no families, uh, they weren't... Nathan wasn't married at the time. Um, I had my young child and Kathy, my ex-wife. Um, we moved all down there and we started Seagrass Brasserie. And uh, wow. so we had, I had that personally for nine years. Nathan was involved for about seven. Right. And Kirsty. Yeah. And uh, we had a great relationship. And a lot of people think you can't work with your friends and partnership, but uh, I think we proved the point. That's that's just such a good story, isn't it? That's oh, you needed each other's help because yeah. it just doesn't appear. And yeah. Between them and the girls, well, they've got their own careers. 
um, and you know, throwing a few babies here and there. Oh yeah, there's a lot going on. Like you're, you're working non-stop, 24 hours, 26 hours a day. Now the name Wild Ginger, it's so evocative. It's so, it just is so. It, it's got the lovely flavour of Thai to it. How did you come up with the name? Yeah, well, we're over, actually we were over in Vanuatu. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a restaurant over there. Nathan uh, and his family had strong um, ties with Vanuatu, so yeah. we go over there a little bit. We went, went there for his uh, wedding, actually. Yeah. And basically, there was a restaurant over there called Wild Ginger. I and see, sir. Now, I suppose you've got to get it from somewhere. Of course. And I had it in the back of my mind. Um, I was the one that was probably going to move on and do another restaurant. I knew that Nathan was looking at um, doing something different. Right. And so it was all good and said. So when the time came, he was like my first uh, accolade. Uh, sorry, he was my first appraisal. So, mate, well done. So, yeah, the Wild Ginger brand started in 2010. I, um, there was a building around the corner. I'm not sure if you know Huskisson very well. but uh, yeah, I do. There's an old Chinese building and uh, quite a run-down building, if yeah. I want to say that. Um, so, yeah, when we made uh, when we signed the dotted line there, uh, I think the first day we, we went around it, because we had seagrass too, so... We had our hands full. Wow. Um, so we had about three months off, two months of renovations mm. to uh, accomplish, which was uh, a lot of help went our way, and which was fantastic. But it was definitely a hard time to get it off the ground. Mm. This new, uh, you know, trying to promote a new Thai restaurant in Huskisson was probably a little bit like oh, who? adventurous. Why is he doing that? Yeah. <laughs> and so, because I never really promoted the whole David Thompson side of things. Yeah. And I knew what I wanted to do, and Kathy did too. I, I give her credit for that. She used to uh, back me in that sense. Yeah. And look, honestly, it was just a bit of a dream and um, a lot of hard work went into the building um, and we created Wild Ginger, opened the doors on April Fool's Day in 2010. Oh, that's gorgeous. Quite fitting. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to some more music and when we come back, we're going to hear all about Wild Ginger in Kiama. Kiama Community Radio, streaming at kcr.org.au. If you've just tuned in, you have the pleasure of listening to Kieran McKnight from Wild Ginger, our lovely local um, restaurant here in Kiama. I'm Carol Goddard. Now, Kieran, the move to Kiama. Tell us about your vision. And uh, first of all, do you still own the Wild Ginger in Huskisson? No, that's a good one to clarify, actually, yeah. and clear up, because um, about a year ago, yes, I... It's fair enough to say I put an offer on the table to uh, two of my staff members down in our Husky that in the Wild Ginger uh, worked for me. Yes. Good friends of mine, Sam and Kelly. Uh, they were always interested because I'd always talk up, you know, in the sense, come on, you've got to do something one day. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, so I hit them up and I literally said, look, I am going to sell this bill, uh, this business. So I'd like to go in the safe hands because yes. now I live in Kaima. I had the, the, the two running for nearly overlapping for a year. And it never really was my ultimate goal. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I put a, an offer on the table. That they uh, they grabbed with both hands. Um, it was a very fair deal, and they were very proud to be able to say, yeah, they could do that and commit. That's great. And so we got a good re- working relationship. So they run their own race. They, they work under the, the Wild Ginger banner. Yes. But they're definitely their own people. And the head chef still, Alex Morvey, who's been there with me for 14 years. Oh, my goodness. In and out. He's a great guy. Yeah. He, knows his, his, he knows his thing. Yeah. Um, they're a good team together. So, look, the, the better they go, the, um, the better yeah, it is the for, better you is for well. everyone. So yes. we don't, um, yeah, we help each other. 
And but no, they've done their own improvements on the building because you know, they brought their own wind in the sail. All right, fantastic. So it's really lovely to be able to say that because Sam was only eighteen years old when he oh seventeen years old now he's uh he got married and he's got a baby now and responsibility to a restaurant and then Kel's got a beautiful family of yeah. herself. What uh, a fabulous opportunity that you've actually given them. That's just yeah tremendous. and yeah. So yeah, everything seems to be going to plan. Yes. Yeah, so. You moved here when? So it was before years this month that we moved wow. up. My partner of six years, Lucy. Yes. Um, I'd like to mention her. She's from Germany. So she's right. been in Australia for 12 years herself. So we decided to move to Kaima, what, four years ago? So for two years, I was sniffing around. Mm. Um, and then I got the phone call from um, his name, Steve Bartlett, and his son, Rob. They own the building at Shaw's Motel. Ah, right. So that was, the, that was how the, um, that all sort of evolved. Um, he asked me, I, I knew, knew of Steve for many years, but he's he knew of me as well for like, you know, 20 years in Husky. Yes. So when he asked me to come in and have a look at the building and let's have a chat, um, they didn't really have any, any inclination to run a restaurant there. They just wanted the motel and they had big plans, which they've uh, gone through with. They've renovated for eight months and the motel is now at a high standard. Right. Because it was a rundown motel, and mm-hmm. to be fair, after 35 years. So we are we we come to an agreement which was uh, suited both parties and yeah having a look back so yeah, I said fantastic. I'd bring the wild ginger brand here yeah um, I've just got a, a big shout out to my my team that I brought down um, Kale Laburn he's the head chef and uh, a partner on the his name's on the door um, we've got a great apprentice now chef uh, Brendan Gabriel he came and joined us a year ago so we put a team together and. Look, it's like you, know, you build it, they'll come. Oh, and absolutely. Even though in the midst of all the craziness of COVID, mm. um, which did set us back because I, I renovated for about four months and you've been there, Carol. Oh, um, yes. From floor On to ceiling, many, we've done, you know. On occasion. <laughs> a, 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 a lot of hours to uh, make it the design it is. Yeah. And I'm very proud of the design. Uh, a lot of friends helped me build it. And so over that four-month period, it turned in from... You know, look, it was a bit run down. So now it's a, yeah, I'd oh. like to say it's an uh, ugly duckling turning into a beautiful no, swine. No, it's absolutely you know? beautiful going there. It's a, it's a real feel-good atmosphere when you walk Thank in you. there at the door. So you've just answered about six of my <laughs> questions, so just let me catch up with you. Hold on a minute. There we go. I was going to ask you how long between the renovations and the opening. Well, you told us about four months. Sorry. Your team. No, I love it. I love <laughs> it. It's just that I lose my place in my script. I told you I was a talker. Listeners. <laughs> now, tell me a little bit more about Kayla Byrne. How did you meet up with him? Uh, fantastic this, question. Yeah. This, this does bring back uh, a lot of history because Kayla, he, he started his apprenticeship with me at Seagrass oh when he goodness. was 16 years old. So, oh, sorry, Kayla, but no. I think you're 35. So, whatever that was, <laughs> do the math. He's he stuck around. I've had about 20 apprentices and he's, yeah. uh, I've had you know some really good workers under me. Yeah. And, yeah, Kayla will be in the top three, of course. Oh, that's He wonderful. probably thinks number one, but Kayla, oh, I know he's listening. So. All right, yeah, he, okay, uh, Kayla. No, he's, he's extremely good. He went off and did his own thing. He's got his own um, amazing career under his belt. But it, we used to have the late night chat every, say, six months to yeah. 12 months. And he knew I was always looking around for different things. Ne- he never knew Kaima, but yeah. when I brought up Kaima, he did show um, some desire Interest, to come yeah. and be part of it. So we dragged him down from Newcastle. So he was a Newcastle lad yeah, who came down here. Oh, head wow. chef up there. And uh, yeah, so he's, I think it was time for him as well. So it was good. And um, we had a got a unit down here in Main Beach and... Um, so for the tw- first 12 months, let's, let's just knock it out of the park together and see how we go. Fabulous. Now, listen, for those listeners who have not been to Wild Ginger as yet, can you, uh, Kieran, describe the decor of the restaurant? Just 
What does it look like? All right. Well, I don't know exactly the word. Uh, it's definitely, look, my beautiful curtains inside the restaurant um, yeah. gives that a little bit of a harem feel. Yeah, it does. It's, you know, I, I pride myself on saying we do white tablecloths. Yeah. Look, it's, it looks, uh, you know, it's not, I, I hate the word fine dining because I don't feel anyone mm. um, should be labelled fine dining because mm. mm. it's not. We're it's a fun, relaxed, uh, smart, casual decor, which yeah. goes with the colours. It is a darker yeah. scheme. Yeah. It is a bit of music playing. And I know it's uh, like, you, know, you try and get the right ambiance any, any part of the, any night of the week. Yeah. Um, I just love the lighting, the ambient lighting. It's not bright and brash in your eyes. And there are these lovely sheer black curtains. I they're my Coco Ash Balinese uh, oh, curtains that uh, I handpicked. And oh. I love them. So the, the decor and the design really fell into place. So I think we yeah. just had to... Uh, the knock out the wall for the kitchen. Yeah. Um, everything was revamped. Yeah. And I, I know I've said that a few times now, but yeah. So look, the imagination was in my head, but we had to come through with it. And even the front area that I closed off, I just didn't want to have that cafe feel. Yeah. And yeah. I wanted people to be locked in. I, I say that without <laughs> being nasty. Like I want people knowing they're under my roof <laughs> no, and they can right. come and go when why I want them there as well. Yes, you know? yeah. So, and, and the sleekness of that started with wild ginger and husky, if you've yeah. never been there. It's yeah. like a woodland grey. Yeah. yeah, no, I like that's the word sleek. It's sort of that it is exactly what it is. Now, tell us about the menu and especially the banquet format because that's interesting. So a lot of people do get conf- think that we're only banquet only. Um, we do offer, uh, it's like a table to hold or, or yeah. a la carte. Yeah. It's like a choice of four entree, mains, and desserts. Yep. So anyone, any day of the week, you can come in and, and purchase one of those meals if, you, if you're not in the mood to share. I'm always telling the waiters, and I'd like to pe- people think um, when they're dining, that is an aspect of sharing. Yes. And the food is designer in that. So I'm not going to lie. I prefer people sharing. But, yep. uh, and it works well. Um, like last night, we did 65, uh, 62 people. I won't exaggerate. Yes, yeah. Um, and, you know, it goes like clockwork because, oh. so the banquet side of it, sorry, yeah. Um, yeah, there's two, at the moment, there's two different banquets, which we will be, from the start of October, we will be going down a different format again. We'll be offering four banquets. Oh, wow. Um, and also, uh, what have I got? I've got a, also like a, a set three or four choices still. So, yeah. No one can really say you don't get you, you don't have to have a banquet, but I personally recommend it. Yes, any day oh, of the week. Abs- I do too because then you get a little taste of everything. Look, we brought Sydney friends down when oh, not long after you opened, and they absolutely raved. Now they they love Asian food and they live in Cronulla and they're always in the mall eating at one restaurant or another. And just yeah. thumbs up to Old Ginger, they absolutely Thank loved you. it. Now. You've got an option for takeaway, I believe, if yeah, people want so to take away. That's great to get out there, actually, because we yeah. haven't overly promoted it. Yeah. Uh, the first year, I really didn't want to go down the angle of takeaway. I know no. it sounds a bit snotty nose, no. but uh, in Husky, we've done it for years, and yes. it's been a massive uh, diversity from the business, and yeah. it's great because people can enjoy it in their own home. Of course. So about oh, maybe six weeks ago, I put it on our app, so you just go to our website, um, I always recommend that you get the order in before five o'clock yeah, because, yeah. look, it, not saying it's not a priority, but the truth is we do get busy um, and we do cut it off. So it's a limited menu. It's, it, it is a cheaper version as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've already seen a few people come back already weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and great. it keeps us on our toes as well. Yeah. And it's a good way to have it at home. Yeah. Now, you've got some wonderful additions to the Wild Ginger Story because you've got Single Fin Kiosk. Yeah. Uh, tell me about opening that. What was your idea? 
Yeah, thanks, Carol. I um I wanted people to know about this as well because I think it it almost opens the market to everyone yeah. now. It's this this whole kiosk side of things, it was designed around the pool bar because the motel had done their part. They yeah. they put their their hands in their pockets and um they did the renovation. So once they did that, I was like, well, let's try and introduce the the when we get people to check in. Say around three o'clock, yeah. they can have a drink back at the room or they can have around a pool. A little bit cold. At in the, the moment, past, yeah. but I can see it, see it working. So the pool area's been done up, for, yeah. and that's not for the public. But no. So the whole front area, when I decided to put a wall up there and just create like a third of an area for single fin, it's got its own little beautiful uh, corner now, and it's just got its own atmosphere. Yeah, it's great. So a bit it's of great. surfing in the background. Yeah. Um, you know, you can get a drink there as well. Yes. Licensed little area, so, so it's So I was going to say, the bevies, what's on offer? Ah, we've got some watermelon muggies, mm. pina coladas. Oh, pina colada. I, I've gone down the alley just putting some, I'll put the better beer on because the local oh, boys, yes, of course. yes, the inspired, unemployed. A good unemployed. silver bullet, nice beer. <laughs> but the fish side of it is the key, yeah. um, living on a coastal town. Yeah. I thought there was a bit of room in the market um, for our side of things with room service. And, and obviously then I thought, well, the public can have it as well. This is just so I. Went down that alley of just thinking, well, what does it really want? I don't, we've got a fair few coffee shops in town. I don't need to be on coffee. I don't want to do burgers. Right. I didn't want to confuse it too much. And I thought, well, fish and chips with homemade sauce is probably a calling. Mm. And that's what we're doing. So, And you're doing something else that we haven't had. And it's yum cha on Sunday lunches sometimes. So what can our listeners expect? Okay, so we just had one last weekend for our Father's Day yum cha. Mm. So basically it's been designed around the first Sunday of the month. So we started back in August, but the one prior to that we did Mother's Day. So that gave us the whole kickstart of like, this is a good little market Mm. and in a sense, appreciative market. Yes. So August went really well. Father's Day was great. Had some beautiful diners in again. And so I normally sell about 65 tickets, and it's on a Sunday. Uh, the next one will be October the 1st on a long weekend. Oh, good. Even though yep. it's grand final weekend. Because we don't normally open Sunday night, so we do Wednesday to Saturday. That's our trade. So mm-hmm. our team is all around Wednesday to Saturday. And I said to them, let's introduce the odd Sunday, and we can um, yeah chase that market that we put a lot of effort into. Yeah, well, you certainly get the visitors here in Kiama, don't we? We it's... sure do. Um, so um, what's next on the agenda? For you well we've got a game plan we've got a real good structure and this is not having the two restaurants i must admit gives me a little bit more time up my sleeve yeah even though it sounds like i do a lot <laughs> um look we do work hard but i do have a good balance yeah, um that's so good. i don't have too much up anymore i'm not going to try and bring anything else to the table I just want to focus on what we're doing uh the staff that we have in place are great we've got rob you know Rob well. Yes. Now, our Robbie Vaughan, who is our Monday morning brekkie presenter, doubles in as life Mr. as bar a manager. wonderful bar manager at Wild Ginger. So, yay, Robbie. I hope you're listening to me. So, he's <laughs> a great can. addition to our, yeah, trust Rob. He's a good he's, little worker. We've got some is. great young ladies, young men that have uh, come along the way. Yep. Um, so, no, just stick to our guns. Just do what we do. Uh, hopefully, the listeners would give us a go. Um, if you, all our bookings are online, everything's online now. Yep. So COVID, one of the not that we've talked about COVID, but COVID was probably the po- most positive thing out of COVID was people learn how to book. Yes, and to take details, and everyone got used to that. So true. I would say the biggest positive was that. Yeah. So we are a restaurant that can either you know we do fill up, and it's not being arrogant. It's just that we are a busy place. So I prefer you to book so you're not disappointed. Yeah, well, I'm going to give our listeners all that information now. Now you strike me as being so driven and so energetic. So 
Congratulations to you. Well, listeners, I hope our chat or my chat with Kieran hasn't made you too hungry. So you've got to get along to Wild Ginger. It's in Collins Street, fronting the Kayama Shores Motel. It is a superb dining experience. Trust me, uh, because I go there a bit. (laughs) And bookings can be made online through the website. It's wild. Uh, This is all small case. Wild-ginger-com.com.au. So it's wild-ginger.com.au. Or phone 0410-552-933. I'll repeat that. 0410-552-933. Kieran, thank you so much for taking the time out today from your busy, busy chefing life, to chat with me here at Kiama Community Radio. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you, Carol. This podcast was produced by Kiama Community Radio.